is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Good evening. And Carrie. What's up? Even though, like, there's not, like, we, you know, we're, we're trying to key in on the biggest stories in the industry um, with our docket nowadays. Like, there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week, um, including uh, being in Embracer Group, embracing everyone. And... A lot of lawsuits that are that are crazy going around, but we have to start. Um, we actually pushed back our recording time today uh, so that we could talk about opening night live from Gamescom or more like Lamescom based on this uh, this press event. I have to very say proud of himself for that joke. I am. Um, so look, this 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 event, this this two hour long presentation, which I watched skipping through a lot of stuff on YouTube as I was watching it. Cause I caught it after the recording was done. Um, it was not for me. Um, I can, I can tell you that it's not a good sign when the thing that I saw during the presentation that excited me the most was a controller. And that's what I geeked out for the hardest of anything that was shown during this presentation. Are you excited for that? Yes, I will absolutely buy that. It looks like my uh, my old C40, my Astro C40 controller that I regrettably had to get rid of when I got the PS5 because it's not compatible. Like it is compatible, but only with PS4 games. I, I haven't. Uh, I heard it was. I heard it was happening, and uh, I heard that you know they're like, oh, it's PlayStation's version of the Xbox Elite controller. Mm-hmm. Then I remember buying the Xbox Elite controller and not really taking advantage of it. You'll probably take advantage of all of the like features, but. Um, I, I don't even know what the features are for, for this new controller. Yet. Well, they, they haven't really like detailed it. Cause like they put up a post on the PlayStation blog afterwards to kind of talk about the thing. So obviously like you have your standard, like replaceable back buttons and replaceable, you know, joysticks and stuff like that. Now, one thing that is cool with this is that the actual, like the joysticks, the joystick modules are individually replaceable. So like if you if if one of yours wears out and gets like a lot of drift, you can literally just buy a replacement stick module to insert on the controller instead, which I think is kind of cool. It beats the shit out of having to buy a brand new fucking controller. Um if 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 it just gets worn out through use. Um it's got, you know, the trigger stops that you would expect to see. You know, there's going to be an app that comes along with it that makes the controller pretty widely customizable it'll have like preset profiles that you can set for different games and stuff like that again it's it's very very much in line um with other controllers of its ilk uh it's probably going to have a price that's in line with controllers of its ilk so i'm expecting uh probably somewhere just south of 200 dollars for this thing i would expect i would expect no i mean being very generous 150 dollars being oh that's too low there's no way like 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 when a dual sense by itself i think what is that 80 Right now, or, oh, so, it, or damn, something along those it, lines. Is it, is it eighty dollars? It's pretty. It's pretty expensive. <laughs> it's pretty expensive. Okay, well, well, then it's at least going to be one sixty. Yeah, but at the very like being being incredibly consumer friendly, it's going to be one sixty. And you're right. I don't think it will be one sixty. When are um, companies going to adopt the? middle finger controller uh buttons for the back of the controller. Well this ha- this will have that, that too. Is, this will yes. have that too. Yeah. 
Yes, I'm saying that needs to be standard. Oh, standard feature. <laughs> look at yes, look, look at money bags over here. Just add, <laughs> adding shit willy willy. I'm just saying, man. It is it is very it is actually that's the one thing about the Xbox Elite controller that I that I did take advantage of is is the middle finger controllers uh, or middle finger buttons. I don't uh, the back buttons. Back buttons. Um, yeah, I think they are. I I think that is it, it's genius. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is, yeah, I think it's, I think it should be, I think it should be standard. At it's, all, it's also very pro accessibility uh, when you're, when you're yeah. looking at controllers. Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, outside of that controller reveal, like, and maybe that the trailer that they showed for what, what's the fuck was the game called? See, that's how impactful it was. I can't even remember. The name of the game it was like Atlas Fallen. Yeah, Atlas Fallen was the game. Uh, as as Polygon describes it, it looks like Dune meets Destiny. That looked cool, but again, it was like a minute long trailer. So what do we actually know about the yeah. game? There wasn't anything else in this entire presentation that I was like, ooh, like this looks awesome. Like I saw the trailer for Destiny, which I'm not playing anymore, and it made me want to really wish I was still playing Destiny, but I don't have time to get back into that like that. But it looks like they're doing some cool shit with what they're doing with the expansions that are coming out. So that's literally oh, it. God. Like Gotham Knights did nothing for me. Um, take, take, this is an ominous sign. Uh, do you guys know what the one more, the one, one more thing game was at Gamescom last year? Do you remember? No, no. Gamescom. I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't, <laughs> well, I, well, I, it was the new it was the new Saints Row. That was the first time that we got to see the new ooh. Saints Row. So if that's, if that's a bad omen, uh, for Dead Island 2, which was this year's one more thing, and which is a game that I have absolutely zero confidence is going to be any yeah. good. Um, there's that. It's, I'm um, sort of curious about Weird Song. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the person who's like the studio head there. But that's it. Yeah. Like, I, I got to see more of that. And you don't even sound that excited about it. I mean, it's... It's hard to it's a, it's like get super trailer. excited about something when it's like all you know is like, okay, well, this is being headed up by Jeff Gardner, who is the lead producer on Fallout 3, Fallout 4, um, Oblivion, and Skyrim, and was the project lead on um, Fallout 76, and um, which is not a sentence that inspires confidence. Uh, <laughs> look, I. I will I will absolutely give him and the rest of the 76 team a lot of credit for for pulling that game out and making it into something that I think today is fun to play. I don't spend a ton of time playing it, but every time I do pop in, I have a good time. Um, I got to see more of the game. It's, you know, I, I like the idea of uh, basing or like leaning into the idea of the protagonist is an unreliable narrator. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that can make for some interesting gameplay and some interesting storytelling. But like, this is the first we've seen of it. Right. So. Right. Are you telling me, are you two telling me <laughs> yes. that you are not excited for the announcement of the show? Guys and gals, Hideo Kojima oh, is getting a podcast. Oh, right. I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> so here's- and not only is he getting a podcast, but it's called something that you would absolutely expect it's, him to call it. It's like, which is it's called like 
brain drain. No, it's brain structure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's 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 two here's two concerns I have about that. Number one, um, with the mere announcement of the podcast, Hideo Kojima has already uh, eclipsed the popularity of this show by about ten <laughs> times, even though we've been around for nine years. Um, and secondly, like he's not a great English speaker, correct? So how's that going to no. work? Like, is it going to be a native Japanese and translated, or so? There, the, to, he, he did yeah, say that it will be, be available in. Japanese and in English, so I have to imagine he will have someone basically just translating for him. Gotcha. But then it's oh, not really odd. That, yeah, it's, it's not. not it's not. It's, it, that's that's like at that point, it's like you're it's like you're doing the feature when you're it, like on the digital newspaper and you read the art and you listen to the article instead of instead of actually reading it. Like it's yeah, it's his words, but not being delivered by him. There's a disconnect there. I feel like there would be anyway. No. That's like what I'm going to do. I'm going to write. Jeff Keighley is going to be on it. Of course. Like, yeah, he's going to be slobbering on Kojima's dick the entire time. Like, yes. Maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's what I'll do one week. I'll, I'll write a script for myself for the show and then I'll have Jay come on and read, <laughs> just read the script that I wrote. <laughs> and, and that'll be an interesting experience. Um, man, that picture that they got of Keighley, like staring adoringly at Kojima is just like, Yo, I wish anyone would look at me the way Jeff Keighley looks at Hideo Kojima. Right. Find someone that loves you the way that Jeff Keighley loves Hideo Kojima, <laughs> and we'll give him a platform for every banal, banal announcement that, <laughs> that Kojima wants to have. Big news here from GameStop. I have my friend Hideo Kojima here to talk about what he's having for lunch today. It's a very good impression. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that really is. Like, if you close your eyes, like, you can see it. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not mad at it. I'm no, not mad no, at it. That guy's living is. his life. Look, I, I respect Jeff Keeley. Uh I you know, and and Hideo Kojima. Uh, I do and I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I respect the fact that like Jeff Jeff Keeley was just like a fan that like look, Je- Jeff puts in Jeff puts in a lot of work. I've I've he met does. He put it, he puts in a, he puts in a ton of work and he takes it incredibly seriously and and I respect him for that. And I I do not respect genuflecting to <laughs> uh video game developers. Like I just that's just weird to me. Well, like, like because a, he's like he's like very like he's very like when it comes to everybody else like he'll he'll poke, he'll prod, he'll be respectful, but he'll be like, you know, so uh, release date. Uh, yeah, but come yeah. on, really, when's the release date, right? He'll do that with literally everyone else, but Hideo Kojima just like farts out any old thing, and he's just like, oh my god, I the Game Awards was created so that we could talk about this, and it's just like. <laughs> What right. what how like would Jeff Keighley be able to survive an, another second on this earth if he got his chrono trigger, which would be Hideo Kojima, Joseph Ferris, and Glenn Schofield just all coming together to make like a super game? <laughs> <laughs> I think Je- Jeff Keighley. Like, I think it's a, my work an, is done. He he he, he would just he would just ascend at that point. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an incredible um like. He he does everything he can to uplift the industry. Um, he's a terrible journalist. Um, 
He's a, he, he's a very good presenter. He's he used, a, he used to be a great yeah. he used to be a great journalist. I, st- I I still remember. I've told this story on the podcast before. The GameStop TV interview that he did with the producer for Dante's Inferno that he browbeat into basically saying that there was going to be a demo as a pre-release bonus for the game, even though they definitely had not announced and had no plans to announce such a thing. <laughs> but he just browbeat it out of him. It was like, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta do this. And he's like, oh, we're not, that's not the plans right now. He's like, yeah, free demo. <laughs> he's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I, like I said, I don't think you could find that on the internet, but it's, if you can, it's, it, it was funny to me at the time. So that was 10 years ago. My hell time flies. But yeah, that's literally what we had to say about Gamescom. That's, uh, that and I'm like, ragging on Jeff Keighley. Fucking. Sonic Frontiers is coming out in November. Is it? Is that the open world? November eighth is when they say it's coming out. November. Honestly, is, that, the, is, that, the is, more... that a, is that a thread? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like I feel, I feel like, like saying it's like threading you like this game's gonna come out whether you like it or not. And the, yeah. even the fans are like, please don't. Honestly, the most recent trailer that I. Uh, Mike, Mike is I having Mike is having a rave right now in his <laughs> yeah. uh, in his office. For those of you watching on YouTube, yeah. you can't see. So the uh, the the story trailer um, that I guess was released today. There's some cool stuff in there. There's some like it transitions into like 2D platforming in a similar way to how uh, Sonic Generations really had that smooth transition from 3D to 2D planes. Um, uh, look, I hope it's good. I really want it to be good. Is it going to be good? Uh, it's Sonic. It could go either way. Micah, do I need to put an epilepsy warning tag on this? Uh, <laughs> on, 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 on the five this week. I mean, I had to. I mean, I had to like shield my eyes uh, while I was turning the light on and off. But, yeah, man. <laughs> Sometimes it does that, and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, please don't let the baby in here. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what's going on yet. Um, I, I, Are we done talking about? Uh, oh, oh, we are. We're Sonic. done talking about Sonic. We you are. Read the ad. <laughs> Thank God. Um, go to. Uh, you, you, you should run really fast over to DeathFixes.com <laughs> slash fans. See, this, see, this is why you're the professional. <laughs> com slash fans to join our discord uh when you're there you can drop us a line at any time uh ask us a question uh in the post office any question or do uh between the three slash four of us we are uh geniuses (laughs) and uh we will answer literally any question and give you the correct answer um you can also talk about uh, video games. You can you can leave a link to your stream. You can talk about wrestling or uh, Premier League or anything of that nature. Go to densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe. Smash that like button and uh, subscribe. And you can you too can can uh, test to see whether or not you are have are, are prone to epileptic seizures. Uh, when you look at my box at uh, youtube.com slash dense pixels, subscribe to all of the TNP Studios podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerd Apocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And if that's not enough, go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month or $50 for the full year. 
you get a uh, access to a litany of evergreen podcasts, including the airing of grievances, no time to bleed, the men with the golden tongues, upstage conversation, and the full weekly episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast, um, which is is always a treat. It's it's uh, it's worth the price of admission, even by itself. Uh, and you get all that other cool stuff. Um, go to densepixels.com slash premium. So the Embracer Group uh, found itself in the news not once, not twice, but thrice uh, this week uh, across a variety of different things. The first one is because they are buying um, a lot of companies and licenses. The big news that came from this is they are apparently buying the – or the, sorry, they have bought um, the – License to the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, really meaning the Lord of the Rings saga, um, to be able to use in whatever products uh, that they want to. And they the, said the loophole that's allowing the Amazon series to happen is fucking hilarious, yes. too, by the way. <laughs> And they, uh, according to them, uh, they will be getting right to work on some new Lord of the Rings video games uh, that we can expect to see. Um, and it also, like, people that are not in the board game space kind of flew over this part. But Embracer also owns Asmodee, who also owns Fantasy Flight Games, who is the game studio that does all the Lord of the Rings board games, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure that from that aspect, this was also just a money-saving excursion for them as well instead of having to pay a licensing fee if you just own the the blanket license for everything then you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want so uh they also bought limited run games Mm -hmm. um which is a company i don't fucking like um so maybe (laughs) they'll be less shitty uh i doubt it but maybe we can hope they also picked up a uh, Tripwire Interactive, who are known for the Killing Floor and Chivalry game series, and Tuxedo Labs, who is developing the upcoming game uh, Teardown, which is very interesting as well. So Embracer Group is getting embraced by everybody. I resisted the joke that literally everyone in games media was making this week. That is, oh, look, we just got in- acquired by the Embracer Group. Um, so be proud of me for not. Picking the low hanging fruit. Um, the other big news was kind of a follow up yeah, to us. Yeah, proud of you for that. But, <laughs> but like, kudos for Lamescom. Look, I, ha- I had to. I had to bypass the dense pixels got acquired by Embracer Group, so I could make the Lamescom joke. It wouldn't. It wouldn't do <laughs> to have two incredibly lame jokes in one podcast. Um, the next bit of news from Embracer Group is a follow up uh, from a story that we talked about last week. So. Uh, Aspire Media or Aspire Media, as we called it on, on the show last week, um, who was developing the Knights of the Old Republic remake, uh, is no longer developing the Knights of the Old Republic remake because they fucked it up. And that is being given to Saber Interactive, uh, who, while not known for any big AAA games, so you still have cause to be concerned, uh, is at least a competent development studio uh, that can yes. hopefully make a good product. Uh, that we will actually want to play. According to Embracer Group, uh, the transfer of development duties, quote, will not add any length of time uh, to the release. Or sorry, we are not expecting any material delays for the title based on this transition. I do remind you that when this was originally announced, they apparently said it was supposed to come out in the year 2022, uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so that was a fucking lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We And, and yeah, to that point, we've heard no other release date, period. Uh, aside from that. So according to them, it's still coming out sometime in the next three and a half months, uh, which is a lie. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for my money, the funniest story of the week, and and I don't know, if, maybe I'm being mean by saying it's funny, um, but I'm saying it's funny for a very specific reason, which I'll explain in a second. Uh, the new Saints Row video game uh, came out uh, this week uh, to really really poor reviews. Uh, so poor, in fact, uh, that the Embracer stock price uh, fell about 7% uh, in one day, <laughs> even in the wake of all of these acquisitions. Um, it's not even, uh, according to most of the reviews that I've seen for Saintro, it's not even like bad in a good way. Like, it's just bad. Like yeah, it's, it's just like yeah. really it, mediocre. I That is the perfect word for it, and I can tell you that from experience. Yes. It is. Oh, you, oh, no, you it bought it and played it? Of course I of course oh, I did. No. It's it's an it's a look. I don't mind playing it. Look, I bought Final Fantasy Chaos. Yeah, but that born. but that was Yeah, fun. so did I. And that game is so like it's dumb but it's funny. It It is I mean, though. Like I've it seen I've seen dialogue. Hilarious. I've seen dialogue. I don't know. It's game. it's funny. It's not hilarious. It's, okay. fu- it's funny. Here's what I'll say. It's hilarious when I am playing with two people in co-op mode. And we can all riff on the game collectively. Yeah, it's not it's not really funny when I'm sitting here by myself and this fucking dude, I'm Jack and I'm here to kill chaos. Like it, it just, the battle it, in it that game is kind of fun, at least though. Like at least, but that game is at least fun to play. Yeah. Saints Row yeah. is they they made a, a big deal about it like oh yeah we're taking inspiration from saints row 2 i mean they took a little more than inspiration like they took the entire fucking uh uh uh, uh model right like it feels like a game that came out 20 years ago yeah <laughs> and uh it it's it's fine it's competent right it's competent it works it has the glitches that uh open world games have uh, that's not an excuse. Like they shouldn't have them. Um, but it's just like the ludonarrative dissonance that you have to have, like to oh, you got, I gotta feel sorry for my me and my crew because we're just trying to make it. You know, we live in a shitty apartment and we're just trying to make it. But like they're members of like incredibly deadly gangs and they just like murder people. Yeah, is, isn't weed. the whole concept is that like it's a bunch of like millennials or like young millennials and and zillennials that join a criminal gang because they're upset about like student loans and the the housing crisis and the injustices of the world yeah like like one of the gangs is like one of the gangs is like like bernie sanders supporters like Mm. to the extreme right which isn't that far um but they're like you know, oh, it's they're, they're socialists, right? But like they're they're hollow socialists, right? Like mm. it's it's all like bullshit. And the other gang is like Hispanic, and like that's their trait, like hey, like that's the thing. And then the other one is a PMC, and it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you're just it, it's I don't know. I I find it difficult to feel for these characters. Like they're nice people, but like they're murderers, right? Like imagine Carrie, like just like her day job is going around murdering people. Like everything about Carrie is the exact same, but what she does for a living is murder people. It's just weird. It's it's just thought about it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, but and that's the difference. You you know, you thought about it, but you don't act on it. Saints Row is not worth buying, not even on like a a, a deep, deep sale. Like it, it's, it seems like a game that they released because they were contractually obligated to release it. And I feel yeah. bad for Volition because they're probably going to either get closed or severely downsized or just not handed a project like this because if this is the output, then that's not very good. But again, I don't feel like that this game would have come out when it did and in the state that it did if it wasn't from for pressure from the publisher. And we don't have any evidence to back that up or any stories about that until Jason Schreier writes an expose six months from now about <laughs> like, like cultured volition for the new Saints Row. But that's, that's the sense that I get seeing the game releasing in the state that it's in, seeing the fact that it is very much a game that is a, a bygone relic of the PS3 era, essentially of, of game design. Um, cause, cause the, and, and like I said, I, I, I scoped a couple of reviews for this and most people said, yeah, like, the, like it feels like they ripped this game from 12 years in the past and it has, and it has like game design that wouldn't have even been acceptable back then yeah, as well. Like it just, like it just doesn't, it's yeah, it's, it's wow. Like it's like, I wasn't expecting much. Right. But mm. I, I bought it cause I like, I like open world games and I wanted, I, I desperately wanted something to play. Um, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting called to the lamb on uh Friday. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's, 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 it's maybe it's a game pass game and it's mm-hmm. a game pass game where it's like, oh, okay, I'll just try it out and kind of fuck around for two hours and then like never touch it again. Yeah. It's one of those games. See, I, I had the urge to like play something new and play, play something for like a couple hours, but instead of buying a $60 bullshit experience, I bought unpacking and that was, <laughs> that was nice. I had fun with I've that. Heard, I've heard it's good. It's it's nice. It's like a two hour sort of chill thing. The way that the story is sort of told is easy to understand, nonverbal. Um, I also finished Outer Wilds. Are are you in on that game now, or are you still? I'm in on that game now. Yeah, I get it now. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, fully in on that game. That game's really good, really smart. Um, Hmm. Are you saying it's worth me actually? Like. Going I'm back saying and it's trying worth to parse. the twelve dollars that I spent on it, and absolutely worth you going back and finishing it, because hmm. it's like there's there's definitely like a hurdle, mm-hmm. and that hurdle is like ninety minutes to two hours of flailing around in space, not really knowing what's going on. But then it's like get that first big piece of information, and you're like, oh shit, I know what I can do with this now. You go and you go to the other place with that piece of information where that applies. You get another big piece of information. You're like, oh, okay, cool. The one frustrating thing is like I had all the information, but like you still have to sort of like execute Mm -hmm. the algorithm or equation, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, within the 22 minute time limit. Um, And it's very frustrating to have all the information and know that you're doing everything right and to like just mistime something and then the sun explodes and you have to try try again um that's frustrating but i thought i thought outer wilds was was great um but yeah it's like the the thing about that game is there's no power-ups there's nothing that prevents you like you can't 
You can't make your suit more durable. You can't give yourself more health or anything like that. Literally the only thing that you gain from going through this time loop over and over and over again is knowledge. And you have to be able to apply that knowledge in a way that matters. Speaking of space, um, I laughed about this because Carrie brought up the Tim Curry quote either last episode or the episode before. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, as it happens, I'm going to the one place <laughs> where capitalism can't reach me. Space. <laughs> I was laughing because uh, last week, late last week, Polygon um, uh, put out an oral history of that line. Oh really? Yeah, it's okay. it's, 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 it's it's pretty funny and worth and worth checking out. Um, unfortunately, Tim Curry does not comment in it because Tim Curry suffered a stroke many years ago and doesn't really do a whole lot of interviews anymore. Yeah, which, which is a shame. Um, but uh, it's still pretty funny to 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 read a a like it's an oral history of a line read essentially because that's how iconic <laughs> that that line read was. Um, I also played a new game uh, that I've been looking forward to for a little bit. Uh, a, a new entry in the burgeoning uh, roguelike golf platformer genre uh, that's right. taking that's taking the world by storm. Uh, <laughs> and that is uh, that is Curse to Golf, um, which is a 2D uh, roguelike golf game. Um, but it's done in a very like over the top fashion that makes it more of like I said, it's more like a platformer uh, where you have to control your uh, character by hitting a small ball around a, a kind of a pseudo golf course. Um, so the way it works is like you're, you play as a golfer who gets struck by lightning uh, on the final hole of his, uh, like on a, on a, he's about to win the big championship and he gets struck by lightning and he, and he gets killed um, and sent to per golf purgatory. Um, and he has to battle his way out of purgatory uh, by defeating all 18 holes in the golf purgatory golf course and you have to do it in one run and that's where the roguelike uh, aspect comes mm. into play um and so when you approach each hole um you start with uh, a par of five strokes so you have to beat each hole within five uh strokes in order to get past it uh which is usually not possible because the holes are actually quite long and 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 kind of labyrinth as they go around this 2d stage and they have all sorts of hazards some of which you expect to see like rough or water or bunkers and some of which are very uh video gamey whereas like a graveyard that you know takes your ball below the surface when you land on it and things like that um but there are statues dotted around the course that you can um not hit your ball through and that gives you extra strokes um, and you kind of have to do that to make sure you have enough to complete the course in the requisite time. Um, you also have uh, these power up cards that you can get, um, which are one shot uses, which, again, some of them are expected that, you know, you can add extra strokes to your to your counter or you can take a mulligan or you can like explode your ball in midair into three separate balls. And then you can pick which one you play from uh, when they land or you can have a ball that. You know, when you when you hit it and it hits the ground instead of bouncing, it'll just stick on the ground like like a lead balloon, basically, um, so that you can, you know, land it into tricky areas. Um, I'm enjoying the game so far, but it's also really difficult. Um, the holes are randomized. So like every time you lose and you start a new round, um, the, you're not it's not like you're learning the course um, because all the holes that you run into are completely randomized. Um, so every run through the game is a little bit tricky, but they do have ways that you can kind of bank power um, because those cards that you get 
um, you can earn them. But then when you go to the shop in between holes, you can actually like store them uh, in the shop and then you can withdraw them in future rounds essentially so that you can um, okay. have it. If, like if you're on a really good run, but you need some extra help, um, you can get those cards out and and stock the ones that you don't need on a run that you know is not going very well. Um, they also have boss uh, battles as well. So I'm, I'm at the first boss battle now. Um, and those are just head to head, like match play situations where you, you play against one of the other characters in the game and you race to, to sink your ball first before they do. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's pretty cool. Um, the only criticism that I would have of it is that, so like I'm the, the first area of the game is like four holes and then the boss battle. So five holes total. Okay. And to like, I failed on that one on the first boss battle and that, that whole run of five holes was like. 25 minutes so like the entire 18 you know whole round would probably take upwards of two hours which is fine because you can save in between you know you can save in between but when you're in a rhythm you kind of want to you kind of want to stick with it um but it's it's a very interesting take on the on the roguelike uh platformer which is not a bad thing because there's a lot of those nowadays and so anything you can do to keep things unique um, I think is good. I think this is a good game. And being as it's a roguelike, I would expect it to get uh, copious amounts of improvements over time. And I think it's like 15 bucks, I want to say, or something. Along yeah, that, I was so. literally looking on the Humble store and I was l- between Curse the Golf and mm-hmm. Unpacking and I got Unpacking. Um, I, I love a golf game. Yeah. Um, Golf Story is one of my favorite games of the last decade. Like, and, I, and I think if you like golf, and I haven't played Golf Story, but just from what I understand of Golf Story's aesthetic, I think if you like Golf Story, then the vibe of this game will probably sit well with you because it's that yeah. kind of golf. Um, but just tricky because, again, like the shots are hard to make. And, and also sometimes with, with your driver especially, because you only have three clubs. You have a driver, an iron, and a wedge. Um, with the driver especially, a lot of times the landing zone is off the screen. So it's not always easy to tell like exactly where the ball is going to land. You can scout ahead, but when you're actually taking the shot, you have a very limited uh, view uh, station that you're able to to rock with. And that's I think that's part of the challenge is kind of like, you know, figuring out where the shot is and kind of mapping the trajectory in your head before you actually execute it. So but it's good. Like I said, I've been enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it. Um, I've been bouncing back and forth between that and Call of the Lamb. Still Call of the Lamb. I'm uh, I, I, be, I just beat the third main boss. So I have uh, I, I one more main boss to go in, then I'm pretty sure uh, there's another boss after that as well that you'll have to take down. So, Cool. But I've been having a good time. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, go to uh, densepixels.com uh, slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases. When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all your Amazon purchases, uh, you get what you want. You don't pay anything extra, and uh, Amazon kicks us back a little, a little, uh, a little thank you, a little thank you in the form of four pennies per dollar. Uh, so the more you spend, the more pennies we get. Uh, we gotta, we gotta fund this operation uh, for another week. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I don't wanna. I don't. I don't wanna. I don't wanna wish that on us. <laughs> I'm on uh, densepixels.com slash Amazon right now. Oh, no. And I'm trying to see if there's uh I'm trying to see if there's anything interesting on here. Um but I, I really don't think there is, right? Like nobody wants to hear me talk about uh toys. Um Espe- I guess the, especially not after what what the results are probably after last week's uh yeah. last week's search. <laughs> 
Um, the last thing I bought on uh, densepistol.com slash Amazon, um, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles miniseries, The Last Ronin, has been, uh, is now in uh, collected form. And I bought that uh, from Amazon because Amazon owns Comixology and um and they and they 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 massacred my boy uh they 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 killed comicsology uh so now i have to buy all of my comics through amazon if i want to read them through the comicsology app or i got to like you know get a cbr and then boot up chunky or whatever and sometimes i just don't feel like doing that shit uh so yeah you too can get yourself the tmnt last ronin uh, for like 13 bucks at densepixels.com slash Amazon. I have another book recommendation for you Amazon folks out there. been reading through uh, the Murderbot Diaries series, which is a series of novellas. Oh, Micah has the Murderbot Diaries series. I do have them. Where are they? Where are they? Now you're speaking my language. There Brian. we go. Uh, which, which, for, which for those of you who are not aware, uh, is a is a novella series about a security robot who he's like a human looking robot. He overrides his like governing chip. Um, so he becomes like a rogue uh, robot that's working around and he's very antisocial. Um, and it's very, he's very funny uh, because of that. Um, the books three, four and five in the series are all on Kindle unlimited right now. And I read the first two when they were on Kindle unlimited early this year. So I yes, uh, having a good time. I, I I I concur. If you uh, they're, they're, when I when I heard the premise, I'm like, oh well, fucking neurotic robot. Like, come on, man. Like, give that to me. I, I need that. Uh, and yes, they're very good. So there you yes. go. Yeah, he, if, especially if you're an introvert, uh, the, the character will speak to you uh, in in great <laughs> ways. So, um, there's two lawsuits that we're going to talk about this week. The first one is incredibly frivolous, and I, and when I saw this headline come through. I had to reread it and then I clicked <laughs> on the story instantly because I read the headline and I was like, surely this can't be true. And yet it is um, because Sony is being sued in the UK for the sum of five billion pounds, billion with a B for quote, ripping people off on the PlayStation online store. And I, and I, I know you're asking to yourself like, well, how, how are they ripping people off? Like is it because they sell loot boxes on there is it because games have gone up to $70. No, no. Uh, the person suing them apparently takes issue with the fact that Sony as a middleman dares to make a profit through the sale of games on their marketplace that's in line with industry standards. I can't believe it either. Uh, a couple quotes in the lawsuit. The game is up for Sony PlayStation. With this legal action, I am standing up for the millions of UK people who have unwittingly been overcharged. We believe Sony has abused its position and ripped off its customers. So yeah, they're they're suing Sony for making a profit, guys. Signed, <laughs> signed Lord Buckethead. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Um, okay, I okay, all right. I, 
I don't know what else to say, man. Like this just feels like a joke. Like what? Like what do they expect <laughs> to happen here? Because all Sony has to do is point to like literally any other digital marketplace company, right. and is like, except for Epic, because like Epic's the one, the one exception that that is that breaks the rule. But they'll literally point to everybody else and be like, "Yeah, we charge the same uh, the same pass along fee as everybody else does." Same as Apple, same as Google, same as Xbox, same as Nintendo. Like, well, it's, it's, thank you, thank you for that, Sony. Looks like we got a bunch of more lawsuits <laughs> to create. <laughs> all, right, all, right, yeah. all right, all right, dude. I, I would love to be the person <laughs> who goes to law school for four years, passes the bar, I'm, and it is on top of undergrad. Like they go to undergrad for four years, they they graduate there, they they go to law school, pass the bar, become a lawyer, and all they do is like the the ambulance chaser of the of like the the, the lawsuit world essentially <laughs> where you're just ma- putting frivolous lawsuits against tech companies in the hopes that like one out of 10 of them will settle for like one one hundredth of the amount that you sue them for to bankroll all your other ventures because that's all this is right like he like they're advertising this as a class action but like you said it's gonna get tossed out as soon as this gets in front yeah. of a judge yeah, like this isn't um this isn't like 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 patent lawyers do this mm-hmm. like with, with uh patent trolls and stuff like that. Like they 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 come up with this, oh well, well this this ridiculous lawsuit and try to like jam you up to the point where it's just like, all right, here's some money go away. Right? right? <laughs> like like this is the equivalent of the squeegee kids. Mm-hmm. Right, like, I don't need you to do this. I'm fully capable of doing this myself. And you know, I have systems in place that can do this job. But I, it just here's a dollar, go away. Right, <laughs> like, that's what this is. Uh, it yeah, this is ridiculous. I, it's just it's funny to me. It's funny. <laughs> but the other lawsuit is actually quite a serious one, and it uniquely, I'm going to let Carrie take this story because. <laughs> It's a very unique situation in that one of her, her one of her former employers is suing one of her other former employers. <laughs> Yay, which, which means that no matter who loses, I win. Which is hilarious to me. It's hilarious. Okay, so GameStop, our our much beloved gaming retailer, uh, is being sued by Diamond Comic Distributors, the much beloved comic distribution service. For about $3 million, which doesn't seem like a lot of money, but uh, it could have major implications for Diamond, depending on how much they actually went out of this. <laughs> you see, what had happened was uh, GameStop's in some hot shit, not just with Diamond, but with several other companies. Now, if you have been in a GameStop within the last five to eight years, you've probably noticed that the company has a significant collectible section so like not just the funko pops but they typically these days have a glass case of some sort with like maybe they've got a dragon ball z statue maybe they've got a nendoroid in there to to sell and whatnot so gamestop doesn't get these directly they get these from companies like diamond comic distributors um and they also get these things from companies like bandai and hasbro stuff like that uh, now, part of the problem is that when GameStop 
decided that they were going to significantly expand their collectible section within the last few years, they broke into the market of store exclusives, which meant that they were ordering things from Diamond and from Bandai and these other collectibles uh, developers, creators, distributors um, that would only be sold at GameStop, which meant that GameStop entered into contracts with Diamond uh, now, Diamond also owns the company Diamond Select Toys, which is a toy maker, uh, producer of figures and statues and whatnot. Um, so Game- GameStop did this really hilarious little thing where they ordered store exclusive collectibles for all of their stores to then sell. And then they... Um, they canceled those orders after they had already entered production mm-hmm. and then they didn't pay those orders. <laughs> <laughs> and they did this with product again, with, with diamond, with Hasbro, with Bandai, um, with several other companies. GameStop's burned a lot of fucking bridges in the industry. If you haven't picked up on that lately. Um, so that's why diamond is understandably, suing GameStop because if Diamond Select Toys and if Diamond at Large doesn't get this fucking money from GameStop, that could have major financial implications for Diamond because you see what's going on at Diamond (laughs) is uh, they've also been hemorrhaging money lately and this hasn't been super widely covered and I mostly know this because I worked for the company and I still know many people who work for the company and I'm still friends with a lot of folks. And um, Diamond is a company that has, it didn't really go reported because it wasn't really a mass layoff, but it was essentially a mass layoff because back in 2020, they furloughed as many people as they possibly could. And then they didn't bring everyone back. So some people ended up essentially laid off Mm -hmm. but because they were furloughed before doesn't really count as a layoff wasn't reported as a layoff and so they didn't have to pay unemployment i'm assuming mm, (laughs) well i mean they were paying unemployment on furloughs anyway okay but um yeah it means they didn't have to pay unemployment again basically uh so (laughs) diamond who pays people very badly Uh, Full disclosure, when I worked at Diamond full-time as an adult with a master's degree, the most I ever made at Diamond was $34,000 a year for full-time work, which is pathetic. And um, so they they just, they lost all these positions. They were already losing positions to attrition even before the pandemic happened. So you're, you're losing all this stuff. They lost their... A contract with DC Comics. They lost their contracts with Marvel. They've lost contracts with plenty of other uh, creators and uh, publishers. Uh, and uh, yeah, things are things are looking pretty bad <laughs> for old Steve Jeffy at at Diamond. Uh, so this feels like a situation where if. Uh, if Diamond doesn't get this $3 million from GameStop, uh, that might spell the end for Diamond Select Toys. 
because they already can barely afford to keep the lights on in their office. Uh, they they can't afford to keep a staff on. They can't afford to pay the staff that they have. So anyway, everything's fucked. And, uh, <laughs> and for me, I just, I really look forward to seeing the court documents. Uh, I haven't been able to uh, spot the actual filing uh, but basically, um, someone on Bleeding Cool got a copy of it. Um, I have a friend who has a Pacer account who's probably going to be able to pull the whole complaint for me. Um, but basically, uh, GameStop submitted a purported cancellation and reduction to Diamond, which either uh, entirely canceled 105 outstanding accepted purchase orders or substantially reduced them to be purchased uh, pursuant to those accepted purchase orders. Uh, for each of these products, Diamond had already submitted production orders to vendors and had paid the upfront cost of production and therefore making them fully obligated to pay for those products. <laughs> so. Interesting. A plus job. Fantastic. Jesus. Yeah. And even then, like, I can't imagine like a three, like a $3 million payout, assuming they get the entire assuming they get the entire judgment is going to last diving very long in general. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not like they've already literally closed multiple buildings in Maryland. Um, they had a warehouse up here that they completely shut down. So they're shipping everything out of olive branch these days. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been really interesting to follow the slow, torturous, delightful, amazing downfall of diamond comic distributors <laughs> over the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we turn now uh, to a place with no apparent litigation, the Dense Pixels Post Office, uh, where we start with Daniel, uh, mm -hmm. who asks, what is your favorite type of cheese? I don't know. I'm a white girl. You're, you're asking me to pick one? <laughs> well, that, that that's that is that is the problem. There is that, like I said, white white people. My my one of my uh, one of my best friends who's Filipino has a incredible theory not in theory but just an observation on her behalf that white people really love cheese like like Dude, we love I cheese more love than cheese. anything else um not me though i'm i'm a real basic bitch when it comes to cheese i i like a a nice uh slice of horseradish cheddar uh for whatever sandwich that i happen to be eating um but i'm not the type of guy that's just gonna eat a piece of cheese like that's not that's not really my jam at all no no i'm not a toddler <laughs> And even then, I don't let my I don't let my toddlers eat American cheese. It's not that I have a favorite cheese; is that I will refuse to eat American cheese. Yeah, like that's. But I don't eat cheese, like you know, I'm not Steve Urkel, right? Anybody got any cheese? Like no, I, I don't. Yeah, cheese, I don't eat cheese. Che like cheese that. is is exclusively a topping for me. Like I, I I don't I cannot eat it by itself. Okay, yeah. as a white woman. <laughs> Uh, I enjoy a shark coochie board. Uh, <laughs> but even then, like, not every cheese is applicable to every situation. Like, I, Wegmans has a really nice cranberry goat cheese, which I find delightful, but that's a very sweet cheese. So that's the, obviously you're not going to fucking throw that on a sandwich. That doesn't make any sense. You're going to have that with a couple of crackers and some wine. Blue cheese is great. Sometimes blue cheese is nice on its own. Sometimes it's nice with a little bit of honey. Sometimes it's nice on a salad. 
There's Gouda, which is a very salty cheese. Look, I like I like all cheeses. If I have to pick one, like if there's one fucking cheese where like no matter what time of day or what situation I would eat an entire block of, it would probably be feta. Um, I don't know why. I just I fucking love feta cheese, man. It's not it's not often that I wish we had Jay on the show, but then again, I don't <laughs> wish we had Jay on the show because I don't have twenty five minutes for the what cheese is best yeah, segment. Yeah, give her yeah. That, he would bogart this conversation. He would go he would and, and and ironically he wouldn't say full board, which would probably be Applicable. a better use yeah, of Jay. the term referring to a smorgasbord of cheese. Uh, a charcuterie board. <laughs> It, ups- it upsets me that some people don't pronounce that correctly because I think charcuterie is a fantastic word. I, charcuterie is a, is a fantastic use. word. I just yeah. call it a charcuterie board because I find it funny. Yes. Um, um, Anthony asks a really interesting question um, that is harder for me to answer the closer to the current day that we get. And that is what games would you say represent the peak of a console's popularity for the older consoles? Um, he gives the example of GTA 3 for PS2, Halo for Xbox, etc., etc. Um. Because uh, I feel like 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 the the consoles of our youth are easy, like Nintendo NES. Like I think you have to say Mario. Right, 3. I think like NES yeah, Mario Three, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like, would say obviously Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow for Game Boy. Right. Um, Super Nintendo, I think. Would probably be between like Super Mario World and Donkey Kong Country. I would say DKC two would be. I would. would be the apex. I would say. Here's the thing. I think DKC two is a better game. I think DKC one is was ultimately more popular. Oh, it had it had more of an impact. Yes, but I'm I'm saying like it. it like, well, I guess Ocarina I guess peak of popularity. Of for, okay, peak of popularity. Yes. That, yeah, that uh, fun, Ocarina so. of Time for N sixty four. Um. Uh, Sonic 2 for Genesis. Absolutely pretty Sonic easy. 2 for Genesis. Um, um, for I mean, Saturn and A. <laughs> Nights into Dreams, I guess. For, for Ridge Racer. <laughs> uh, Dreamcast MVC 2, probably. Or, was, yeah. or is that more niche because it's a fighting game? I think that's a little more niche. But uh, like, if you're going to pick I mean, a fighting that was game, so, like, it was such that a popular one would be game, the though. one to pick right if you're going mm-hmm. to pick a fighting game that would be the one to pick but like um, probably sonic adventure 2 like final fantasy 7 right mm-hmm. for the playstation yeah, yeah right like it's like those two are synonymous with one another uh metal gear solid 2 no too two? early too early too early for PS2. That's right. Yeah, that, that, there's the problem, right? Yeah. There's the problem. The I PS2 think it's like you got to go is, like GTA Vice City or San Andreas. San PS2. Andreas would probably, I think San Andreas is probably a fair shout and maybe, maybe God of War. Maybe the original God of War. I think God of War has got to be in the conversation. I would agree. Um, the, yeah. the, the problem with PS2, as Micah was getting at, is like the lifetime of the PS2 was so fucking long that mm. to be like, that's the game is tough. Honestly, yeah, I would say MGS2 is also probably needs to be in the conversation for PS2. Did, what, did Resident Evil 4 come out for PS2? Not originally. I think it made its way there eventually, but it was a game. I game would say Resident originally. Evil 4 might be like, no, that's not true. Smash Brothers Melee for Yeah, game Smash game. Brothers Melee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. 100%. 100%. Uh, um, Halo, Halo 2. Halo 2 for, for original Xbox, I think, is probably the right pick there. 
Um, now, 360, I, I was thinking about 360 specifically earlier today. I'm going to throw a, a curveball at you, a, a little a little sidewinder. All right. Call the new Modern Crack Warfare. Crackdown. No, call, call the new Warfare. Modern Warfare. Original Modern Warfare on 360. I would agree with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I could see that, right? Because Modern Warfare kind of revitalized that franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it uh, it breathed brand new life into that thing. And, and it's kind of the 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 juggernaut that it is now because of that um i didn't really mean crackdown i was i, I was trying to <laughs> P, ps3 um, is tougher ps ps3 there's not one because like like you initially say metal gear solid 4 but metal gear solid 4 is what really began the playstation 3's rise in popularity i don't think that it was its peak though um by any stretch of the imagination so you'd have to go later but i'm not sure i'm not sure what one game i would like pinpoint on the ps3 to like be like this is the apex of its popularity. Last of Us. <sighs> I really don't. Feels wanna... feels feels weird to say that as a PS3 game because they're like <laughs> literally making that game again for the third fucking time. Uh, <laughs> what about, I would go with uh, Last of Us or like Uncharted. 3. What about Grand Theft Auto? Right, like GTA Five. Grand Theft yeah, Auto. GTA 5 came out after the PS4 launch, though. Yeah. Wasn't it? No, that game was on PS3, right? It, no, it, oh, wa- it was, it was but it came PS3. out, it released after the launch of the, of the, or no, right before, right before. It came out, I think, in September, and the PS5 launched two months later, and, and so did the Xbox One as well. Yeah, it's it's very difficult once you get to, you know. current Like the, the current, more modern stuff, yeah. Yeah, uh, seven, I would eight, I would nine, pick Spider Man for PS4. Mm, I think God Spider-Man of War. Spider Man or God of War? I think God like, of War. Probably God Tips of it. War. As much as you know, I'm a Spider Man person. Yeah, probably God of War. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Wii U. Uh, <laughs> well, ironically, with the Wii, it's Wii Sports, right? Well, that that would be like certainly the best selling because it was a pack in. Um, but I'm saying if you're uh, talking, uh, if you're talking system popularity, like that, that game literally sold how many millions of Wii's? That's that's true. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I think Wii Wii Sports is fair. I mean, I think Wii U. We don't. We don't like even have to pick anything for the Wii U. It's okay. Splatoon, it's Mario okay. Kart Eight, maybe. <laughs> I'll go Mario Kart Eight. <laughs> that's fair because Mar- Mario Kart Eight has persisted to this day. So yeah. Um. I, th- I think that's exhaustive enough. I don't think we need to find, yeah. like dig down into like the Virtual Boy or the you know Atari Jack Jaguar. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> um, good question though. Uh, Ak Houston asks, how likely is it that we get a good mobile gaming device that is also capable of smartphone activities, and when? Uh, as as uh, if to say the we, Samsung. They already made switch. one. It was called the Engage. Fucking get with the program. <laughs> I mean, I think we all had that joke just in the chamber. <laughs> and Carrie shot first. Uh, yeah, I don't think we need one. Like, I don't think it's necessarily ever going to happen. Like, I don't need to fucking make a phone call with my Switch. Well, plus, plus, I think we're there. Like, if I'm if I'm really desperate to play console quality games on my phone, I have my back. Also, and I can true. just clip into my iPhone most and play phones, Most most phones can either play something remote via streaming. Or have access to decent enough mobile versions of plenty of popular games. I don't know why anyone wants to do serious gaming on their phone, though. Like, that... 
that whole idea has just missed me entirely. Like yeah. I literally don't want, I don't want it. So. I'll see. Anthony said, oh, this, this is a, a, another loaded question from him. Uh, the worst video game peripheral and your favorite. Yo, yo, we could be here all night for the worst. Uh, the Tony Hawk skateboard. Uh, every plastic attachment for the Wii remote. Yeah, those, those uh, are the worst. Do you remember... Uh, I wasn't a Genesis. I wasn't a Genesis guy, but my friend was, and we used to play uh, fighting games. Mm-hmm. And he had this thing called the fucking like, like the oh, activator. Yes, yes, the the the, <laughs> the octagonal thing that you put on the floor and and yes, like actually dude. did the motions in. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, yo, th- that thing was so yeah, that thing was so stupid. That thing was so dumb, yo. But like, we and here we are. Spinning around trying to do fucking hurricane kicks and shit. And <laughs> it, it just, it was, <laughs> yo, it, yeah, there's a ton of, uh, there's a ton. Do you remember, um, what the fuck was the name of that game? Where it was a, it was a big mech game mm-hmm. and it had like a dashboard controller. Oh, yeah. yeah, was yeah. Like I don't remember the name of the game. Long. I know what you're talking Holy about, though. Shit, man. How about the, uh, how about the Resident Evil 4 chainsaw controller for GameCube? Ooh. Come on. That thing's kind of funny. Though. It's like, unusable, you know, like, though. It's, oh, un- it's unusable. It's unusable. <laughs> and, and like, so favorites, favorites hard, right? Because like, I don't, I don't really fuck with like the super niche stuff. Like, I never really have. Um, I mean, for me, like my I don't favorite really use peripherals. Well, my my favorite like peripheral outside of like a basic peripheral, like a controller, or a headset, would be like my fight stick, like like my my sure. TE, you know you know, street fighter 14 fight stick that I've had for fuck 10 years now at this point or, so, or something stupid like that. So I would imagine that, um, I would have met like favorites. I mean, for me, it's just like the light gun because I don't really <laughs> mess with like peripherals like that, but I would imagine that like people who are into racing really like steering wheels. Uh, sure. it seems like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you have the right setup, but um, but you know, the power pad. Ugh, no, get out of here. I used to have. Um, I had a power pad back in the day. Of course, I had a power pad. I had a power glove, and and in retrospect, like I think, God, I think the power doing? glove is like one of my favorites. Like it's not good, but it is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. It's right? so over <laughs> time. Like it's so quintessentially 1989. Oh my like, god. I I really enjoy the power glove for what it is. Um, God, specifically peripherals. Like, are we counting like the Game Boy printer slash Game Boy camera? Yeah, that's that's a peripheral. I love Uh, the Game Boy camera. Did Did you love? Did you have a Game Gear? I did. I also had the Game Gear television tuner. Yeah. You could stick so an you antenna. can run down those seven and a half double A batteries even faster. Uh, no, they were they were like it was. Uh, it'll be ridiculous. It was like four C batteries. <laughs> <laughs> so also, also, don't be ridiculous. Micah had the battery packs as well because if you owned yeah. a Game Gear and actually played it, you had a battery pack. Yeah, you know you what? You know what? Head. I will say is my all time favorite gaming peripheral. It's a little thing known as the Worm Light, and it was an LED light that would turn on when you 
plugged it into the little port at the top of your Game Boy Color, and it allowed me to play Pokemon in the car on many long road trips <laughs> to New York. I'll see, see, ba- see back, back, back when me and Micah were kids, we used to have the whole fucking magnifying glass that you had to put over top oh, of the Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. those, too. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, it had the speakers coming out the side yeah. and then the magnifying glass and then the light that didn't really do anything but just make a big glare on the screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little subwoofer at the bottom. Yeah, I had that dumb shit. Turn your, yeah. turn your goddamn game yeah, away the, the into little- a literal crying baby with arms extended and shit god what did what did we do before backlit screens with handheld game consoles <laughs> is my question how did we ever survive um we use terrible peripherals <laughs> we did uh trey asks or well not really at well i guess this is a question they're never going to make another guardians of the galaxy game are they i'm sure they will like mm-hmm. the i don't think i think i think saying never is strong regardless um I'm, i think it's more I'm likely sure- now that it was before they were sold to Embracer. That's true. Um, I I think I think it's entirely possible we we get another game. Um, I think it's entirely possible we get a sequel. Because uh, I think a I lot of people so. picked up along like a hot minute after that game came out of like, oh shit, this was good. Yeah. So I I'm think sure I'm honestly- sure it did pretty well on like Game Pass and and uh, mm-hmm. subscription services. So. Uh, Phil Wander says, have you guys tried, have you tried any handhelds made for Steam, Microsoft or Sony? Um, if you have, how do you deal with the depth perception? I'm not really sure how that would factor into play. Um, I have tried uh, handhelds. Now, I, I don't know if he's talking about like stuff that's custom made for mm. like these platforms, but I have obviously played like on my Xbox and my PlayStation on my phone. Um, the biggest challenge there is just is just uh, input latency because um, it's not going to be perfect um, yeah. as it would be if you're actually playing on the system itself. So certain types of games are very difficult to play through remote play. Um, now, I'd imagine that the Steam Deck would probably not have that same issue um, considering it's kind of custom built for it. But that like there are just some games that I absolutely cannot play remote just because the input lag is not uh, is not feasible so mm. let's see uh rogue gs what is a game that you loved when you were younger that completely does not hold up today hmm. uh probably some nes game like i can't imagine playing batman on the nes again i can't imagine playing tmnt on the nes again like, Honestly, like but, some of those old side-scrolling beat 'em ups really do hold up, though. Mm-hmm. I I just I uh, those two I just can't I just can't imagine. This might be this might sound blasphemous, uh, but it shouldn't. And and I'm gonna need everybody to take their nostalgia glasses I'm, off. I'm about to blaspheme as well. I wonder if we have the same blasphemous uh, game that we're about to bring up. Uh, Goldeneye does not hold up, guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It just doesn't. That is the you can't play a 3D shooter with one analog stick, guys. Like that is the that is the correct answer. Goldeneye 007 <laughs> is the game that does not hold up into yeah. current day. So, and then he also asked, "What's a game that you love that still does hold up?" That that list is more endless because I don't know if y'all know this. Nintendo uh, was really good at designing video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
and, st- yeah. and still are to this day. And and there is our. I can go uh, downstairs right now and slam yeah. Super Mario World in an SNES and have a fantastic fucking time with it. Here's the thing: I can also turn on my fucking Game Boy and play any of the old Pokemon games and still have a really fun time. Now I'm sure there are a lot of people who will say the old Pokemon games are not fun, and these people are wrong, and they can kiss my ass. Um, I would also say like the one that immediately jumped to mind was River City Ransom, like. I fucking love River City Ransom. Uh, it's my favorite NES game. I can play the original to death. I can play the Game Boy Advance remake to death and never really get tired of it. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky because like, especially like back in the day, like we had to have a lot more simplified games because the technology just wasn't where it would need to be to have more complex stuff. So those genres have evolved. Like adventure games have evolved past what Link to the Past was capable of, but Link to the Past did its specific genre of game expertly well. That's where GoldenEye is an issue is because we have first-person shooters still today that are leaps and bounds above what GoldenEye was, and that's why GoldenEye doesn't really really hold up in the same way. Um, Mike, I think this one's specifically for you. Uh, Have any of you wrestling dorks uh, picked up Brian Gerwitz's book, Uh, There's Just One Problem Yet? It's a really fun read about his time as a writer and the head writer in WWE. Uh, I have not, but he has been making the podcast rounds. Uh, I listen to most of the Ringer wrestling shows, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been on a couple of those shows uh, just talking about the book and talking about his experience uh, as a writer. It seems super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I usually don't pick up like nonfiction, but um, I might pick this one up. It, it seems really, it seems really interesting. Wrestling yeah. is is actually like interesting again I know. well it's wwe is. it's it's WWE. it's amazing it's amazing to me how it happened literally overnight like like i really <laughs> like I, I remember i came on the show a month ago when when this all broke and i was like look it's gonna take you know triple h time and you know like don't expect any immediate changes and no no like literally starting at SummerSlam and then moving on from there like it literally has like she snapped on a dime. We're getting a, a re-debut of a former like NXT star every single yeah. week now <laughs> on, yeah, on Raw. I, yeah. I was like, I was like, maybe it's just because like I know that there's been a change and that, you know, and 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 psych you know, psychologically I'm like liking it more because I know there's a change. No, it's actually it's objectively more interesting. <laughs> Uh, which, which is, is amazing, which, which is crazy that it just like I said, it's it, it's it really does speak to how how much of an anchor Vince McMahon <laughs> truly was for like literally the last several years Yeah, um, that, in, in that, terms of the future development of that company. That image of him like biting the chains that was like him doing everything he possibly can to drag WWE down uh into into the muck and my see here's the here here was the problem right here was the problem Vince McMahon doesn't like wrestling Vince McMahon likes bodybuilding and football <laughs> and all the man wanted was to own a football team but the NFL like the NFL owners they're like they're like the Illuminati right like you just can't roll up in there he that dude was too broke to own an NFL team right <laughs> so he was just like oh I'm just gonna create a league right and you know that failed twice, and um, but he he doesn't he you know his passion isn't wrestling, whereas Triple H like his passion is wrestling, and he gets storytelling, and he doesn't treat the audience like fucking idiots, man. 
Uh, and he's not out to, he's not out to, to, uh, he doesn't hate the audience. Vince hated the audience show. He hated them. You'll, you'll, you'll like it. Damn it. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, <laughs> like calm down, you know, like these people just want to show. So yeah, I, I might pick up that book, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's interesting now. I can't believe it. Uh, Mark says, if your life were a TV show and you could have anyone narrate it, who would it be and why would you choose anyone besides Keith David? I mean, Keith David is the answer. <laughs> Keith David is the answer. Like, I know, you know, basic bitches will be like, well, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> no, yo, now, no. Morgan, Morgan Freeman doesn't have the, like, like Keith David, like, has this, like, authoritative way of sounding when he's, like, yo, doing Keith a voiceover. David, Keith David used to do... Uh, voiceover for the Navy commercials, and I swear to God, dude, it makes you want to join. It <laughs> makes you want to join. I'm trying to think of other like famous like documentary voiceover talents that you that you hear a lot that would be good because that's what you want, right? Like you want someone who's narrated a a couple famous documentaries, like John, like John Attenborough, or is, that's not John Attenborough. Is that that's that's his name, right? Or am I thinking of the actor from Jurassic Park? David Attenborough. David Attenborough, yes. David David Attenborough has a good voice, but I don't know if it's a good like I want him to narrate my, my life voice because he does all like the Planet Earth shit. Yeah, yeah. No, you. I for me, I need somebody that's like I you know much like a Republican. I need a daddy to <laughs> to, to, to guide me through life. Right? <laughs> like I can't think for myself. I need an authoritative daddy to 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 guide me through life, uh, preferably one that doesn't have Alzheimer's or whatever Reagan had at the at towards his his uh, his end, and uh, and yeah, I need like a big old school announcer like authoritative voice. You know what I mean? Like mm. I don't I don't need like the, there's a in voice acting now like they used to. Like people with big booming announcer voices used to be like the thing, right? Like everybody wanted an announcer voice back in the day. Now, in order to try and sell you something, the the idea is to have a voice that sounds like your buddy. Like Brad, you would actually be, you have a very good voice for what companies are looking for when it comes to selling things because you sound like, you sound like someone's best friend. Right, and so, that's what, so what you're the, telling me is I should put in for a lot of uh, commercial roles for. for I voiceovers. mean, I mean, you probably could get it. <laughs> you probably could, like, right? Because you don't have a discernible accent, right? You have mm -hmm. a Cleveland voice, and and you and you you have you you sound you know distinctly white, right? Like that's a that's I mean that's something, right? Like that's something. <laughs> That people look for, right? Like, you, you know, so it's, you would probably, you would probably be very good at like the lighthearted, like, uh, and you have sales experience. Mm -hmm. So you've got that like affable I, I, nature. I know, I know which words need to be, need to be emphasized basically. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all voice acting is. Yeah. So yeah, you would actually probably be very good at it. I'll throw in one more suggestion. It's only because I've found myself watching more and more critical role elite. Matt Mercer would also probably be a pretty good narrator. Oh, Lord Massamune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, so uh, look, I, I like, I like Matt Mercer quite a lot. Um, 
but I've known who Matt Mercer is for the last 20 years because he used to be big in the cosplay community and he mm-hmm. was like the Sephiroth cosplayer for a long time before he really got into voice acting. So like I used to see him at conventions. Like I'm pretty sure I have a photo in some like Oticon 2003 fucking photo album that I took on a disposable camera <laughs> and got developed <laughs> at my local Rite Aid. Um, yeah. I, I I could not handle having fun. So Lord Masamune was his handle on cosplay.com. And mm-hmm. that's why whenever someone brings up Matt Mercer, I <laughs> tend to refer to him as such. <laughs> look that up. Look up Matt Mercer Sephiroth cosplay on Google. It is. It's a time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who I would have. Do you mind? Hey, Catherine. Hold on. There you go. She's done a lot of voice work. I don't think she's done. Oh, by 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 the way, speaking of lady crushes that you have, um, I feel like that if they can't get you into Fortnite now, Carrie, then they have no chance of ever getting you into Fortnite because apparently Brie Larson is going to be doing a, a voice of like a major character in the game. <laughs> reportedly, I'm not going to play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, no, apparently it's good now because they have a no build mode that you can play. And apparently, like that was the secret to get all us old heads into Fortnite is you just take out the building and we're like oh shit we can play this now like it's actually I fun i don't care i'm not playing Fortnite. you don't you don't want to throw a kamehameha at, uh, at i folks? don't i don't they, got, like i've seen footage from that game and i'm like what the fuck they've got destiny characters happening? they've got destiny characters in there now john yeah, cena I, yeah it's like you can be on the same map with john <laughs> cena goku and the fucking main guy from destiny yeah and apparently brie larson now and then i I'm the not, rock. I'm not, yeah. not I can't. I can't play that game on principle at this point, right? Like, <laughs> not doing like it. you can't. You can't just like. You can't just like throw all these. That's why. That's why I refuse to play multiverses, right? Like, there's no rhyme. There's no reason. Like, at least with like Smash Brothers, like they're all video game characters, right? Like, like what the fuck is John Cena and and Ken from Street Fighter doing in a in a, a fucking video game, right? Like, what what is what is Shaggy and Arya Stark, a a a, a murderer, doing in <laughs> fucking multiverses? Jan, like, Janet, Ch- I was I was listening to Giant Bombcast, and Janet Cho made a really good point. Like, you know how like it used to be a big deal to get your game on like a magazine cover. Like, if you were in Game Informer, that was great because you were going to be, you know, seen by anyone walking into a GameStop. Well, no one goes into GameStop anymore. So now you advertise your game through Fortnite because everyone plays Fortnite. <laughs> that way they can just see all your characters. And you're like, oh, what's this all about? Where's, where's this guy from? And go God over there. Yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably, I'm, look, I, I'm probably at least going to pick it up again. You know what else I want to play? I also want to play Rumbleverse because that looks fun. Nah. So that, that's the wrestling battle royale game for those uh, that are unaware. Looks pretty cool. Um, finally, uh, not a question, but a statement. Uh, I, again, I guess this is a question. There is a question mark. Johnny asks, can y'all loan me $600 for that new Marvel 2 cabinet? Nah, man. Listen, as someone so, that owns one of those things, it's it's fu- it's it's like – so there, there's, a, there's a saying. There's, there's like a phrase that people who buy boats live by, and, and they say – as they say, the two best days of owning a boat or the day you buy it and the day you sell it. And I feel like that the arcade one-up cabinets are like in the same vein. Like the two coolest days with the arcade one-up cabinet are the day you buy it 
and the day you sell it. Because the day you buy it, like you bring it home, you build it, it's cool, it's awesome, like the no- the novelty factor is still present. And then two years on, like that thing just is in your house somewhere and you play it occasionally. <laughs> but right now it's in your basement and it's just kind of off most of the time. And you're like, man, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad I bought it because I do like NBA Jam a whole lot, but. I feel like that five hundred dollars could have been used elsewhere. But like, are you having people over to like come absolutely and have not. some snacks and like <laughs> right. watch absolutely some movies not. and play NBA Jam? No, like, no, absolutely not. No. So, like, that's a lot of that's a lot of money, man. Like, yeah, like I like Steam had uh, contacted me like, hey, your Steam Deck's here. You you got two days to buy it, and I'm just like, I can't. Nah. Do it. I can't do it. Like I, I one, I don't, I don't just have six hundred dollars on the ready, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I, I do, but like, like that's a that's that's a purchase that like I gotta talk to the wife about, right? Like if, <laughs> if six hundred dollars is missing from the checking account, like what the fuck is you got this, a baby, right? dude? You got right. kids, <laughs> right? You can't like, spend six hundred dollars <laughs> on some bullshit. <laughs> No, right. that's like that's what that's a week's worth of diapers. I don't know how much. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? Ten dollars. <laughs> it's exactly what you just added, like right rice. there. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that is the second it's seven consecutive diapers, Michael. How much could it possibly cost? Six hundred dollars. That is the second time I've gotten to pull that line out on a TNP podcast within a week span. Outrageously. So, <laughs> oh shit! Uh, but yeah, no, don't, uh, Johnny, don't, don't buy the six hundred dollar Marvel two. Like I know it has all the other versus, you know, Marvel versus games on there as well. But nah, nah, you don't. You're, unless you're, you are the kind of person who regularly has people over for like game nights and social events and whatnot. Like if your house is the host house, is the entertainment house, then sure, absolutely buy one of those things. If you're buying it just for yourself, don't fucking waste your time because you're going to play it twice and be like, well, I have this big thing in my house and takes up a lot of space. No, yeah. I don't know what to do with it. And guess what, buddy? You can't even donate that shit to like any sort of arcades in your area because you know what they refer to those things as? Toys. Because that's what they are. <laughs> They're not an arcade cabinet. They're a big toy. They are. Yeah, absolutely. So no doubt about that. But yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's fun, but it's not worth the money that you're paying for them. So I just, I'll, I'll never understand why those two companies can't get like licensing down so that they can just release this on a console and PC. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And, and I feel like that's gotta oh. be more from the Disney side of the equation than the Capcom side of the equation. Cause I'm mm. sure Capcom would really like to license that as much as possible. Yeah, man. So. Like you could charge a hundred dollars for that collection and people would buy it like they would. Yeah. They're buying. They they they'll pay six hundred for it, and that includes manual labor. Well, and that so, and honestly, that's probably the real reason why they don't. It's because it's more lucrative for Capcom to license it out to for them to license it to Arcade One Up, and yeah. you know, make make a niche product that'll sell out, and then because you can always port the game whenever. Like that's that's always in your back pocket. So yeah, yeah. So, I told myself I wouldn't. I told myself I would never. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get an Arcade One Up cabinet. Until MVC two was on it, mm-hmm. uh, they have one for MVC one and X Men versus Street Fighter. And I said, "Nah, I'll hold out, right? Because they're gonna do it eventually." And then when it came out, I was like, "Oh shit! All right, here we go." 
And 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 then it was six hundred dollars, and I'm yeah. like, nah, I can't, I can't. Again, if you can, if you can find one of those, like a lot of times when stores are just trying to liquidate them, like you'll see it discounted down to like three. That ain't bad. Like if you can, if you can get one for three hundred dollars, and you got the money to to throw away, cop, cop one for three hundred dollars, but don't spend six hundred. Yeah. So. Um, that is it for the post office. Again, you guys can submit your questions to us in there by going to densepixels.com slash fans and joining our discord while you're on the internet, go to youtube.com slash densepixels, subscribe to our channel there. You can see our smiling faces in video format, rather listen to us in audio. No problem. Dense pixels and all the other TNP studio shows are downloadable wherever you find fine podcasts. Just subscribe to us on there. And you can also find us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash dense pixels. And you can follow us individually. I'm dense pixels. Brad Carrie stuff. It's Carrie. Terrence is apparition 410. Micah is not cool enough to stream on Twitch. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's our all show. Good long show for you this week. See, I knew I knew we'd be chatty, Kathy's, with the amount of stuff that's in the news. There you so, go. You enjoy, enjoy your, enjoy your Gamescom. Uh, what are we going to do without the Rock to tell us to enjoy our gaming? We didn't. He didn't pop up for this. Uh, oh God! For this presentation. I guess I'll just have to fucking keep playing Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got to play it. To, to, to play FF14 is to suffer. and uh, it's, it's, it, it sounds, frankly, joyous to me. Again, like, my my desire to not want to go back to Destiny 2 is not for want of not wanting to play Destiny. It's just for, for want of wanting to avoid getting sucked mm. into that lifestyle again. Yeah, the, the new patch is really good. It's They're, they're <laughs> like, what if, we just, what if we just did Final Fantasy 4, which is my favorite Final Fantasy. So I am... <laughs> I have eaten well today, lads. <laughs> you're going you're going to the moon. Congratulations. Uh, well, I already went to the moon. Now we got the <laughs> elemental fiends back in play. They got a new mix of the boss theme. Barbariccia is really hot. Like <laughs> what more could I possibly ask for? And what more <laughs> could you ask of us? Thank you guys very much for watching and listening, and we'll see you all the next time. See ya. See ya. <laughs>